So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing episode eight of season eight, Life After Lockup. On this episode, Lindsay goes wedding dress shopping with an unhappy Miley. Michael tells his daughter she can't move to Vegas with them. Chevelle and Quaylen's moms continue to argue at the bridal shower. Brittany and Key Rock visit Brittany's abuela. Sean teaches Sarah how to tow cars. And Red confesses to Joy about his infidelity. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating. And if you watch 90 Day Fiance, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day NK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things going with you? Things are going okay. Yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow, apparently, they have a name for it. It's called Blue Monday. Blue Monday. Like, yeah. like how does it feel? Like, treat me like the song? <laughs> uh, no, not quite. I think it's supposed to be like uh, sad. You got the blues. Yeah, I know. I, I, it's, it's wild because we have, um, man, we just had so many snow days last week that it's like, Oh, Very yeah. Dumb. So I'm sure it kind of is out further for you all because you, yeah. you're not really in. Yeah, we just in work quite yet. Yeah, we got an extra stupid week of now. I, I It's funny because everybody. Oh, man, all the all the teachers are like, oh, yay, we're going to have a snow day. I'm so excited. And all I could mentally think is moving my post-it note on the last day of school. Oh, yeah. Like no. like, uh, into the next week being like, oh. <laughs> yeah. OK, well, let's talk about other people who are maybe employment impaired. Uh, and that's uh, Lindsay and Blaine. So Lindsay has just kicked Blaine out of the house. He says that he does everything and she is unappreciative. Blaine comes back in telling her while crying that he loves her, but she's ungrateful and he does a lot that and it all goes unnoticed. He feels disrespected and belittled and he just bottles it all up. Blaine says he wants to marry her, but he's hesitant because things feel like shit right now and it will only get worse. Lindsay says that she does so much for the house and their kids and Blaine says that he has always acknowledged that. Lindsay asks what else he wants from her, and Blaine says he just needs space as he leaves. Later, Lindsay picks up Miley from school to go wedding dress shopping. Miley asks why, because she heard the argument. Lindsay tries to explain that everybody has arguments, and it doesn't always mean that, you know, the relationship is over. Lindsay thinks she wasn't setting a very good example for Miley with the argument. Lindsay's friend and her mom meet uh, them at the dress shop. Miley doesn't look too thrilled to be there, but Lindsay is excited to try on dresses. Miley tells her grandma that things are rough at home and Lindsay and Blaine fight all the time about everything. Miley says that Blaine will often confide in her about an argument and that makes her feel really uncomfortable. Lindsay doesn't know Blaine talks about her to Miley. Grandma and Miley both agree that they have to tell Lindsay. Lindsay comes out in another dress and everyone just doesn't seem excited yet again. And Lindsay knows that there's something wrong. Miley says she doesn't think that this is right because they just fight a lot. She then tells Lindsay that Blaine was talking negatively about her. Grandma Brenda also admits that after a fight, Blaine came to her. And then friend Stephanie pipes <laughs> in to say her too. Lindsay asks why Miley didn't tell her before. Miley asks why she just didn't check her cameras because she thought that Lindsay would be able to see these conversations and hear them. Blaine is tired of being controlled and manipulated, and he's been miserable for so long, according to the footage. 
Lindsay feels completely blindsided and can only believe it because it's on camera. Lindsay is really hurt and apologizes to Miley for putting her in that situation. Miley feels like she had to stop the wedding before it was too late. Lindsay is still in the wedding dress and walks outside barefoot to call and confront Blaine, telling him that they can't come back from this. All right. So um, do you really think that this is over? Like, Lindsay is this offended? Because from what I gathered, like, they were still fighting and she's like just still trying to power through this wedding. I mean, that's what it sounds like. I don't know. We just It's hard because we hear so many of these empty threats all the time. The yeah. that's it. No more. This is it. We can't do mm-hmm. any. We can't come back from this. There's nothing. And then they're back together, like almost without a mention of how they resolved it like the next week. Right. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of this, her kind of trying to just power through to the wedding, a lot of it has to do with these pending charges and her uh-huh. fear that Miley is going to somehow, you know, be uh, by herself again. And she wants Blaine to be the father figure and almost like pushing it on her when the reality is, is that Miley could just go back to grandma. Right. Miley going back to grandma would make the most sense regardless of what happened here. Mm -hmm. Um, If she has if Lindsay has to go back to jail. But like, yeah, I mean, and so that does, I guess it I guess you're right. It does change the calculation if she's trying to rush to this wedding so that Miley can stay with Blaine if she yeah. has to go back to if she has to go back away. But like and now at this point, it's like, wait, do I want her to even stay with Blaine if he's if all he's going to do is like trash talk me to my 13 year old daughter behind my back, which is legitimately a horrifying thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's not OK. Yeah. It also like kind of just like creeps me out because it's like, OK, if Lindsay were to go back to prison, she's like stuck at a house with her stepbrother and her stepdad like that just seems like a weird living situation and given we've seen miley's demeanor and attitude like uh-huh. she's gonna think that's weird too she's right. like i don't want to be and in it, this house full of boys it doesn't necessarily need to be weird in all situations it just isn't this one right yeah. because her st- if, if your stepdad if you were 13 and your stepdad was in your life since you were three, oh sure right then that wouldn't be so weird right yeah if you actually consider him a, a, a father of sorts, but in this situation, it was like, uh, here's a here's a dude you've never really met before. He's your dad now. Also, I'm going <laughs> to jail, and he's going to force himself into his room and like complain up into your room and complain about your mom to you. That's weird. Like, I'm yeah. definitely I, I, I get where she'd be nervous about that. I don't want right. this dude like just randomly barging into my room and venting at me. That's like. I don't want a random dude barging into my room if I'm a 13-year-old. That's right. freaking weird. Like, Yeah, but it's also weird that he's been venting to friend and grandma too. Like, That was hilarious. I laughed my ass so much when they were like – when she was like, oh my god, is he doing that? And grandma was like, yeah, he does it to me too. And then, <laughs> and then all of a like, sudden yeah, Sarah, Stephanie me. pipes in. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, me too. It's just, just – it's wild to me that you would do that. Like I totally get being upset. And and wanting to, and needing to vent about the person, right? Like, yeah. That, but like, don't you have your own friends? Why are you venting to her to her friends and right. her mom and her daughter? Those are like the people least likely to take your side. 
Yeah, but I think like people do that because Blaine is not the only person to have done something like this in life. I feel like the reason why people do that is because they somehow think that like if they can get the friends or whoever's close to them like to see their point of view and to empathize with their point of view that they could put in a good word for, you know, someone like Lindsay and be like, Lindsay, but he works so hard. He does all these other things. He just doesn't feel appreciated. Maybe you should appreciate him more. And he's kind of like in a weird way, putting these people in these awkward positions because he's trying to get them to do the dirty work of, you know, the argument. I, I, I guess that's a strategy of some strategy. Kind. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that seems like a really ridiculous strategy. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it just because I'm I'm because I'm trying to put myself in in those shoes, right? If I got in a fight with my partner and I thought she was treating me poorly, like I, I wouldn't want her family to know about oh, the fights no. we have, right? I would I don't want I don't want to blast that out to her sisters, right? That's weird. Like yeah, would, and and if if even if they did, I would never in a million years think that they would just take what I'm saying about them completely uncritically right. and wouldn't. Like verify it or get get her side of the story before they were like, maybe you should change. They would just be like, well, this dude who clearly isn't treating my sister right, he must be telling the straight, honest truth. And maybe I should do something about like, why? That's so (laughs) – it's such a weird um, pipe dream, I feel like, that I'm going to get them to convince, convince her to treat me better. Yeah, it's I don't think it's an effective strategy because I think you're like missing out on like the I don't know, the foundation, the fundamental thing of a stable relationship is communication. You're communicating to everybody else except for that person. Right. Well, I mean, he he to be I mean, to be fair, but like I understand one of his frustrations is it's hard to communicate with Lindsay because when he tells her how he feels. He's like, I feel like I'm unappreciated. She's like, you're unappreciated. What about me? I'm unappreciated. And then like, so now we're not talking about me anymore. Now we're not talking about how I feel. Now we're talking about how you're crying because I didn't do the laundry enough times, right? Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that because I was very confused, like how their conversations seemed to pivot from, you know, Lindsay getting upset about, you know, Blaine not doing anything and being real lazy, right? And then mm-hmm. how it pivoted from that to Lindsay being like, I do everything. What else do you want from me? And I'm like, wait a second. Why is it about you right now? I thought we were arguing about how lazy Blaine was. Right. And I do think I, – I think there's a problem in both relationships, right? There's a – on both sides. Mm-hmm. There's always like they – when they do studies, they do time studies and they go to two different partners and they're like, how much do you – how much time do you sp- – Think sure. you spend doing chores and how much do you, right? How much, what percent of the chores do you do or whatever? It always adds up to like 150%, yeah. right? Like one partner says 80% and the other partner says like 60%. It's like 100. Okay. So 140% of the chores are getting done, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it is one of those situations where I feel like both of them are like wrong and right at the same time. Like I yeah. think Lindsay. Lindsay, I think, is a more extreme version of wrong because she's like, I'm doing 100%. If you asked her how much of the chores you're doing, she'd be like, 100%, all of them. Well, that's clearly not true. Right. right. He, it's just that he's doing stuff when she's not around and then she's coming there sleeping, especially when she's working like – clearly working like overnight shifts, right? Because she's getting home in time for kids to go to school. And so I do feel like he's probably 
is being underappreciated. And it mm-hmm. does suck to be – especially on that, especially if you just spent a bunch of time getting a bunch of kids out, putting their lunches together, getting them ready for school, starting to cook breakfast. And she comes in and is like, what are you even doing? You do nothing. And I'm like, yeah. what did I just – I was just too – and so I get where the – where he's upset about it. But when she's mad, you can't get a word in. Like oh, she's going no. to overrule you and interrupt you every single time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to another couple that really not a whole lot happened in this episode. Uh, but that was Brittany and Kirok. Mm-hmm. So Brittany is trying to give Kirok a crash course in Spanish. Brittany apologizes for the things that she said during their most explosive argument. And Kirok says it's OK because he has tough skin. They get to Abuela Anita's house and Brittany gives her a huge hug as they both cry. Kirok is holding flowers for her. Brittany feels bad for missing out on so much stuff with her grandma. Abuela is calling Kirok her grandson and tells him not to be nervous because they're family. It ends up that Anita didn't even really know that Brittany was in prison. Brittany's mom is described as crazy, and she actually lied and told Abuela that Brittany was in college. Anita thought it was a bit strange that Brittany didn't have a phone and didn't find out that she was in prison until a few months before her release. Brittany said her mom was embarrassed of the fact. When Brittany was 16, she didn't like living in Virginia, so she asked if she could live with Anita. She finished out her senior year with Anita and was focused and thriving with two jobs. Brittany's mom wanted her to move back, so she had to. And that's how she ended up in trouble and in prison. Brittany's uncle Anufa is also at Anita's house. Anufo, oh, sorry, Anufo asks to talk to Brittany outside, leaving Kirok and Anita alone. Brittany updates her uncle on her relationship with her parents. He says that if her mom is a true Christian, she'll have to accept Kirok. Anufo says that he has an open mind and Kirok seems nice, so he would be there at their wedding. He says that he doesn't have such a strong relationship with Brittany, but only because he's always working, but he always will support her. Later, we meet Anthony, Brittany's cousin. Anthony is also accepting of Kirok. Brittany wants to take a selfie with Anita to make her mom jealous. Anita doesn't know why Brittany's mom doesn't accept her relationship. Anita asks why they don't just move out there to New York because Kirok can make a lot of money doing HVAC there. Kirok felt really welcome, but he says that he has his own thing back at home. Brittany is sad that their visit was so short because their visit was so short. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, what do you think about this whole thing about Anita not even knowing that Brittany was in prison? Yeah, that was and a wild story. Like, yeah. wild. And because, like, the excuse was, oh, she's in college, and also you can't visit the college. <laughs> like, right. And like, then, what? oh, you, you can't call her because, oh, Brittany didn't pay her phone bill again, so her phone was disconnected. Yeah, it's 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 a very, like, wild – but it also, I feel like, speaks pretty highly about how much these parents are, like, concerned with keeping up appearances more yeah. than they are concerned about solving problems, right, sure. and, and making things work, which definitely kind of – makes sense with what we know about their feelings toward Kirok and and what's going on in this relationship. We would rather just cut you out of our lives than to have a trans person be close to us or be considered part of our family. We'll, we'll be done with that. Like it's appearances, yeah. not relationships or caring or anything like that. Yeah. And I mean, and even the uncle said, you know, like, oh, well, if she was a true Christian, then she would accept your relationship with Kirok. But it's like, I don't know. It's I don't think the religious thing even though she's using it as an excuse i think you're right like it's not the religious thing that she's having a problem with well maybe it's in the context of like you know uh religious friends but it's like it's really just the image i think 
Yeah. I mean, and the, and the, the true Christian thing is always, you know, always dicey because if you ask yeah. two people what – if you ask two Christians, two people who consider themselves oh, sure. Christians, what is – does what would a true Christian do? They might tell you very different things about how yeah. to – right? About what their beliefs are. So like – I don't I don't think it's a a you know no true Scotsman. Well, yeah, I was going to say because you have the God is love camp and you have the God is a vengeful God camp. <laughs> <laughs> right, and you uh, well you have I mean and at the end of the day they'll both say God is love, but God is love is 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 God does God do we show God's love by making you not do these things that are sinful or do we make show God's love by you know, just accepting you as you are. Like, which one of those is God's love? Yeah. Like, saving you from your sin or accepting you as you are? Like, and that right, tends to be two right. different, very different ways of looking at it. And both of the people who believe that believe that they're the true Christians and the other people are not, not true sure. Are not. They're fake ones, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, other than that, though, I love the uncle. The uncle was great. Oh, yeah. He was great. Yeah. Uh, I don't but, know if we'll see him a lot. I mean, he even said that they're not very close because he works all the time. But right. I was expecting something more from his let's take you aside and yeah. have a side conversation. It was just like, oh, I just wanted to tell you that I support you. Well, why couldn't you say that in front of everyone else? Right. Well, at why least, is that I a mean, secret? Keyrock wouldn't have understood, but yeah, right. <laughs> would have been there. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't anything that was like, oh, I, I have something I need to tell you. Yeah, like, privately that, or that something. That needed to be a yeah. private conversation. If it was just like, yes, we love you. You're great. We support you. Um, we'll be. I'll be at your wedding. Like those things. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it, you're right. It was short. Um, I feel like they could have planned the visit a little bit better in terms of. Yeah, like, I was kind of. Yeah, I was kind of like unsure about what, but if they were wasting their time at the hotel, they have a travel pass and that's the reason why it yeah. had to be so short. I mean, maybe they waste their time arguing the whole time. You never know with these two. Right. And I don't, because, well, even the shortness, right? Mm. It seems like they were overnight at a hotel. Yeah. Like, which is like, and it seemed like Abuela probably would have rather have had them be overnight at her house. Right, right. right. Yeah. Um, but I also don't know where the hotel was. I don't know. I mean, I would certainly drive from Richmond to Long Island in one day. That doesn't yeah. seem like an overly long drive to me. But I don't know. Some people might split that up into two. Maybe they stopped in Jersey and then drove another couple hours. To Who get knows? But it also sounded like they had another day for their dra- travel pass. So I don't know. Is it a they day to drive back now? Yeah. Like because <laughs> they said, "Oh, well, we have to be back tomorrow," is what they said. But yeah. yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know how people travel, especially when they're yelling at each other the whole time in the car. Right, right. <laughs> right. So um, speaking of people who can't travel, let's talk about Justine and Michael. So for the first time ever, we're out to lunch and Justine and Michael are not wearing matching outfits. <laughs> so everyone is still pretty pissed off about the move being delayed and Michael can really feel the tension in basically every room he's in. So Michael's mom, Maria, gives him a call. They're at like a diner or something and wants to talk to him alone. So he steps outside and uh, because she didn't know about the move being delayed. So he has to tell her. She was just like, so what happened? So she's not really all that disappointed about it and says, well, if, that, if that's the case, then that means uh, I can bring the kids with me and we can come to Pennsylvania for the summer before you move. So as he's finishing the phone call, Justine comes out and he tells her you know, what Maria said. So Justine doesn't hate the idea because, you know, especially with a new baby on the way, she could definitely use the help. But how are they going to fit four more people in their house that's already like bursting at the seams in right now? So she already – she thinks that he's not thinking things through even though I think – he didn't make a decision yet. So I was confused. Anyway, privately though, she says that she 
doesn't like the idea of Maria being around uh, like all summer because she knows she's going to try to do a paternity test at some point. Like she's going to sneak that in. Um, but at the end of the day, Justine agrees because she's going to need the help and says they'll make it work. So then we just skip past all the waiting and get to the part where Maria gets there with the kids. So Justine says that her doctor was able to reschedule her. So now we have another viable plan for actually having this baby. Then Michael's daughter, Melody, who lives with Maria in Rhode Island, um, wants to take Michael aside to have a talk with him. And she asks if she can move to Vegas with them. So that makes Michael concerned for his son, Mason, who is Melody's I, – so Melody has – so it was it was very, very confused. He has four mm -hmm. kids in Rhode Island. Yes. Three of them were the same mom. One of them's with the other mom. And Mason mm -hmm. and Melody are the two oldest with the same mom. Yeah. Um, okay. But – She's been helping basically raise this kid since she was born. So she, he, Michael feels like if he lets Melody leave, then that's really just like abandoning Mason, which, I don't know, just kind of leaves 16-year-old – the 16-year-old Melody who is now like, you're – I've deemed you responsible for raising your brother. Mm -hmm. So he asks what her mom is going to think about her, about her coming and Melody says she won't be happy, but she'd accept it. Uh, and then she asks about Justine and he says that Justine, you know, loves having everybody around, but another person is just too much stress for her at this point. So at the end of the day, no, she's going to have to stay um, and she can't move with them. And that's kind of where we leave that. Um, so if you put yourself in Melody's shoes after all this, how yeah. are you feeling after this conversation? Oh, I am not liking dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I would feel rejected as, yep. a, you know, like a daughter, um, like kind of unwanted. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I think like she could probably understand to some extent that they're, they just got too many kids over there. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just a lot. And especially with the baby, but it's also like, well, uh, Kylie's out, like she's going to be mm -hmm. in college. Why couldn't I take her place? It's the same amount of kids you had before and I can help out. So I don't know. I would just feel like it was a huge rejection. Oh, absolutely. Like, and not only like a rejection, but like a a rejection and like a, a, a moving of his responsibility onto me. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And so not only like, so he's also like ungrateful, like yeah. almost like that because yeah, it's a huge rejection because not only did he frame it as, I mean, he literally framed it as, well, you know, there's just not enough room in your life for me, in my life for you. Like he, that's mm -hmm. more or less what he basically told her because he was like yeah. you know justine's gonna be there there's gonna be a new baby and or not even that my new wife told me that there's not enough room in my life for you <laughs> right mm, that's and, yeah. and shoving it on her and that's like there's no way i would i i mean i don't i like to think this isn't true but i if i'm melody and i'm me i'm literally like nope he has chosen a different family over me I have yeah. I am the reject reject family. I have to stand here and he got the he got like four, you know, he had three ba two baby mamas and blah blah blah. I have to raise those kids now so he can go gallivant off with other people and I'm not even welcome there. Like yeah. that's ridiculous and uh that's the kind of like relationship breaking things. Like I wouldn't blame him if she never wanted to talk to him again. Yeah. I would not blame her at all for that. Right. It's kind of sad. It's like, oh, you know, if she didn't, what would that relationship really look like that's different? Right. Because mm -hmm. I don't think yeah. he talks to her day to day. So. No, that's true. Yeah. 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 And it's and it's hard. I'm not saying that's what she should do. Because right. You still need a dad. Like people want a dad around. 
Um, but like, I wouldn't blame her if that's what she, if that's, but she was like, no, I'm not taking his calls again. Yeah. Like, I don't need to talk to him because right. like, and the other thing too is like, if, if the, and it, it, every talk, we, we talk about it all the time, just his insistence it's, it's, that this is just what I need to do. It's like, you yeah. need to do this so you can chase your pipe dream rap career. That's what you're putting above all of your children, <sighs> like all of them. Yeah. And he has this twisted thing in his mind that, no, that's the way I'm going to support my children. It's like, no, you're right. Not. You are chasing a pipe dream that you want for you. And I really wish he would be more honest and say that that's what it was and not that somehow his pipe dream is going to support his whole family, is going to, is better for the whole family. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like, how is it better for the whole family? Like, you know, it doesn't seem like even if there was an unlimited amount of resources for money, does that Mm -hmm. really change the fact that they have like a bazillion kids and they all want to live under the same roof? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? well, I mean, I think it was. Like, in his head, he's going to do this. He's going to make seven, eight, ten, seventy million dollars, and then right. everything's fine because yeah. I have all this money to support my kids. And it's like, keep buying lottery tickets. That's my dream. I, I, right. I, I really have to. I really have to cut back to afford more of these lottery tickets. Yeah. Well, let's move on to a couple that also has some parent drama, and that's Chevelle and Quaylen. So Chevelle asks to have a talk with her mom. She tells Sylvia, her mom, that she's been there for all of her marriages and that she just wants Sylvia to shimmer down and to have some (laughs) compassion. Sylvia says that she will not shimmer down and she doesn't want to fake it. Chevelle hopes that things will get better when Quaylen arrives. Quaylandria, Quaylen's mom, tells Chevelle that she didn't want her shower to turn out this way. She understands that no one really likes one another, but she's disappointed that they can't all come together just to celebrate. Sylvia, who is literally a few feet away, interjects and starts asking who she is to be saying anything. So Q-Baby, Quaylen's sister, gets involved saying that she's being respectful and Sylvia says that she's just a child, so stay out of it. Sylvia threatens to give her a whooping as family members are trying to hold Sylvia back and someone is shown taking off her shoe. Quaylen walks into just chaos. Chevelle gets mad because Myela is also there and she becomes protective that all of this is happening with her eight-year-old in the room. Quaylen hugs Chevelle and tries to get her to calm down. Quaylen says that there are going to be uh, boundaries at the wedding. And if that means some people are watching through Zoom, you know, that's what's going to have to happen. Sylvia calls Q-Baby a bitch, so they start to go after each other. Chevelle sits down with Quaylandria and she apologizes for her role in the argument. She says as a mom, there is only so much that she can take. Quaylandria says that she doesn't want to come to the wedding, you know, to be a sacrifice so that way Sylvia can't cause drama. Quaylan has never seen his mom cry in front of anyone before. Quaylan isn't even sure if he wants Sylvia there. Chevelle then tries to talk to Sylvia, who seems indignant and reluctant to talk. Chevelle tells her mom that this is a bridal shower and this behavior just isn't acceptable. Chevelle says that she wants her to try and be cordial and Sylvia just doesn't think that any of this is her fault. (laughs) Quaylen thinks that Sylvia is the problem. Chevelle walks out of the bridal shower and tells production that she's done filming. Sylvia's still in the venue, laughing it up with her cousins. Oh, God, that was infuriating. (laughs) Yeah, it really was. So, I mean, who do you think needs to be sitting at home watching the wedding via Zoom? Is it It Sylvia or Quaylandria? 
it, it's pro- it's probably Sylvia. Like right. she, she's not paying for it. She claims that she, she's trying to be supportive, but she's not supportive. She's not trying to be supportive. No, and it's like it's because it, it, her her claim of support is basically yeah, I'm trying to support you to get to break up with this stupid dumbass <laughs> who you shouldn't be marrying. That's me supporting you, right? So, yeah. Which that's if that's your stance, fine. But you don't get to go to the wedding to the stupid dumbass that you're yeah. trying to break us up. Like if your support is trying to break us up, then no, you can't be at the wedding, right? right? And like, I don't know. She was she was so, so – Sylvia specifically was so, so trashy this oh, whole yeah. episode. Just the, one of the trashiest people I think we've, we've ever seen in a single scene. Right. Um, Didn't even care that Myla had walked in, was yeah. continuing on, telling – like, Q-Baby is an adult, you know, telling mm-hmm. her that she's just a child, like she's going to whoop everyone there. It's like, come on. Yeah. And then, and then that's the infuriating part. We get to the at the end, you know, when she scares everybody off by being a trashy n- n- noisemaker. Yeah, she's just like, "Well, oh, we're the ones that are still here, aren't we? Having fun? See, we won! Ha ha! Look at us!" Yeah. And it's like, "What? You ruined everybody's day, but eh, I got what I wanted." Yeah, so I got my go. picture of margaritas. I'm good. Yeah, it's it, and it's just yeah, her her like. Just going back and forth. And what I don't understand about them is how we already had a tiff. We've had tiffs in multiple venues mm-hmm. now, right? We already have one in the bridal shower that yeah. got a little hot. And then everybody just sits there in the same room still. It's like right. after the first one, I'd be like, mom, go home. Go yeah. home. You're, you need to go home. Go home, right? And then so – and then, you know – she does that ridiculous thing where she raises her voice to be like, I wasn't saying anything. I'm just saying her son's a piece of crap. Like, And then they say something. What are you saying about my son? I wasn't even talking to you. Why are you listening to what we're saying? It's like because you're screaming it across the room right. with the intention of being heard. Like you're not slick. And Which also reminds me of students, right? When students yeah. do things and you're just like, I saw that whole thing. I know what right. you're doing. I wasn't doing that. It's like – Come on, man. How dumb do you think these people are? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she really needs to stay home. Um, But it's like, I don't even understand why she insists on even coming. You know, it's like, it's weird. It's like, you clearly don't support these people, even though you claim you do support your daughter. And the thing is, is like, she'll say, like, I support Chevelle. I just don't support Quaylen. This is a marriage between Chevelle and Quaylen. You're (laughs) either all in or you're all out. (laughs) It's not. Yes, it's the support is on the action of the marriage of the 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 marrying of these two people you can't halfway support that i support one person being in this marriage you know it's like the the vision boards we saw from 90 day with with darcy of like i don't know there's some groom here he doesn't have a head yet i can't support that like chevelle getting married to headless you know person in the future i support that but this guy, no, I, I I will support the wedding part, but not the guy part. It's like, that's not an option. You either support the wedding or you don't right. support the wedding. It just doesn't make any sense. No, it's all silly. And like, yeah, just – and obviously the person that I feel worse for is Maila. Just like – Yeah. Like, like why? Like you, this is not anything an eight-year-old needs to see. Well, and I think the challenging part, and I actually feel bad for Quaylen, really, is that – Myla sees that grandma does not like Quaylen and she's already feeling hesitant about Quaylen, Uh, you know, being a potential stepdad. And it's like this is not helping her situation. 
Right. And so, uh, yeah, now I'm off Chevelle because we, we praised Chevelle for like listening to what her yeah. daughter had to say, regardless mm-hmm. of how she felt about Quaylen. But now I'd have to wonder, well, how much is this? Is just grandma being like, hey, hey, your stepdad's a piece of shit. Hey, yeah. your stepdad sucks. Doesn't he suck? I mean, he sucks. He's he's weird. He's awkward. I mean, that guy sucks, right? If, if, if that's mm-hmm. all you're hearing from grandma all the time, then yeah, you're going to start to think that regardless of of the, you know, reality on the ground or something, right. or whatever it is. So, yeah, not great. Not great. You know who else is not great is Red. Oh, gosh. (laughs) So Red is back in St. Louis and he's getting picked up at his hotel. And I don't know why he's staying at a hotel because wasn't the whole point was to go back to his family. Yeah. Um, But anyway, he's getting picked up by his friend Styx and Styx's wife, Deja. So they meet Styx. He said he met Styx in prison and they did most of their time together. So they talk about all the people they know that have gone back to prison and they hit the bar to do some shots. At the bar, they meet up with some with some other friends, including Little D, who was the guy who hooked up Red with Joy in the first place. Originally, it was a scam. At least the first 18 months of it was what their relationship was. But, you know, Red fell in love with the mark or whatever. Um, and that, that's where we got here. The things aren't so great now because Red is like, you know, complaining. He says, you know, Joy is tripping over stuff. It isn't worth tripping over. Like if I'm liking some pictures or whatever on, on social media and you can see Deja's face just get very <laughs> suspicious and be like, ah, and she is like, you're yeah, wrong. Let's, let's, let's talk about what kind of pictures. Are they naked pictures that you're liking? And he's like, well, not all of them. Maybe a couple of them are. <laughs> so, Stupid. yeah. So Sticks thinks that um, and then they have this funny thing where Sticks and Deja are outside doing an interview and Sticks is like, you know, I think Joy is just expecting too much out of him. You know, he just got out. He needs to like find himself, do some of these things, you know, individually and, and, and you know, for himself. And Deja, his wife, is <laughs> like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> if it's in a relationship, there's no self. What are you talking about? Yeah. So little, th- little D coming back to the bar thinks that things are – only going to get worse because, I mean, if things are this rough and it's just – it's literally the honeymoon phase. They yeah. just got back together. So it's only going to get worse. So then we switch to New Mexico and Sway is like in the living room. He's like, where's dad? So Joy says when when he's around, when Red is around, it always feels like they're stepping on each other's toes, getting in each other's way. But she's still lonely without him here. So then she has Sway help out with the dusting and he goes to dust the TV stand and she notices that – the PS5 is missing. Nah. <laughs> Which, if we remember, is like Red's collateral for coming yeah. back. He was like, yeah. of course I'm coming back. I'm leaving my PS5, dog. Yeah. Right? So she starts like frantically looking around the whole house for the PS5 because it's definitely a sign that he might not be coming back. Yeah. So – and she might be onto something and she definitely is onto something because back at the bar, Red is like, yeah, man, I really got to make a decision on whether I'm going to go back or not. I so. know, right? <laughs> <sighs> Oh, yeah. So anyway, then later, um, uh, we're at a different bar. It's like an American Legion. And Red meets up with his cousin Erica and his sister Destiny and tells them that things are rough. But, you know, he did propose to her, which is brand new information to them, which I feel mm-hmm. like they should have known before. He just, it's, he just never talks to anybody. Yeah. So anyway, he, and they're like, oh, wow, you're ready for that? And he's like, well, I'm 30, so I'm ready for the next level. So Destiny wants to make sure that there's – you know, not anybody else that he's talking to because if that wouldn't work. So we switch over to Joy who's talking to her sister Shoshana and her cousin Lakeisha. So they don't – they didn't know that Red was in Missouri. Nobody knows anything about this yeah. couple and suspect that he probably went back to meet up with some of the other girls that were sending him money in prison. But that will come to light soon enough. 
<laughs> so back with Red at the, at the Legion, Destiny is wondering how like him just like dropping everything and leaving to go to Missouri, how is that impacting your relationship? And then Red is like not really paying attention because he's already back on the phone looking at pictures. Oh, God. But at least this one was a picture of Joy. So that's better even though her, it was like uh, – it was weird. They were like, "My her <laughs> boobs are out. I'm going to like it, but I'm going to cover them up. They weren't really out. It was just like cleavage. So anyway, he acknowledges is that maybe just leaving with no forward notice at the drop of a hat, probably not good. So he calls Joy and she just ignores him and sends him the voicemail. So he says now that he – he now all of a sudden, I don't know what changed, but he definitely wants it to work. Uh, and do, <laughs> we'll do whatever. I feel like he was it like, was the oh, picture. boobs. Oh, yeah. boobs. I got to make this work. <laughs> yeah. She was right? filtered like very oh, heavily too. Within an inch of her life. Yes, right. absolutely. Um, so anyway, the message uh, that he left says that he misses her and he wants to he wants to be with them, which makes Joy feel some kind of way. Like she wants to feel good about it, but she also doesn't trust him. So he does come back and we see the Uber drop him off. Sway isn't there because he's at school, which is, again, something I feel like he should have known. He's like, where's yeah. Sway at? And she's like, at school? Cool. You showed up on a Thursday at like 11. He's at school. <laughs> you know when his school yeah. – um, so anyway, uh, Joy starts in right away asking like, well, you know, why didn't you really check in with us? Did you meet any girls? And he says, no, I didn't meet with any girls. Uh, uh, and she goes, well, we, you know, we have a lot to talk about. And he's like, OK, are we good? <laughs> it's like, no. She, uh. So she feels like their time together has been more stressful than it has been good. So after he gets settled in, they sit down to have their talk, which she is prepared for by putting together a journal of list of things she needs for him. And I'll read the list. Number one is trust. Number two is honesty. Number three is being a provider, a.k.a. get a damn job. Number four <laughs> is appreciating her. He doesn't argue with any of these points, but he's like, oh, man, I guess I need to work on those things. So maybe I'll just pick one at a time and work on one a day. And she's like, no, like, no, the trust and honesty. Always. Always. <laughs> always things. Um, so you don't like work on them. All right. Well, yesterday I worked on trust, so I don't have to be honest. I don't have to, to do trust today. <laughs> I don't have to do trust. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like I skipped leg day. Did you skip trust day? Anyway, so – so the spirit of that, he's like, well, okay, I'll be honest and I make a confession. And then he comes clean to having sex with his bestie, Julie. God. So that just leaves Joy bursting into tears and and the episode ends. Um, so I guess we're like that. I think you already answered it. Why did he come back? I don't – I mean, I honestly think it's just the picture because he definitely did a 180 as soon as he's like, ooh, filtered picture, boobs. Yeah. Oh, she's looking good in this picture. All of a sudden, he's just like, okay, let's go home. But I think right. um, there is an element of he was trying his luck into seeing what else he could get going uh, woman-wise back mm. in Kansas City, right? Okay. Is that yeah. where he is? Yeah. Uh, uh, St. Louis. I think they're outside St. Louis. of St. Louis. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like, you know, maybe it wasn't as lucrative as a trip as he thought it would be because uh, didn't true. he have someone else lined up? He had someone like his new bestie that he was like talking to and telling them. Like, I, yeah, I feel like I feel like they did have it lined up where there was other people, other, somebody else that he was talking to. That was right. Yeah. And it was like, well, we didn't see him meet up with that person. So I don't know if he was a little bit stealthier this time around about trying to keep things on the DL or that just fell through and he never ended up meeting up with that person. But I suspect that, you know, he didn't meet up with anyone. He realized, oh, I guess my options weren't 
as many as I thought they were, like being here, well, might as well go home to a sure thing. I'll go home to Joy. That scans. That scans because I, I was always always confused about Julie because I'm like, it makes sense to me that there wouldn't be very many women lined up for your cross country booty call with your right. broke ass. Like, yeah. why? What's the? What am I getting out of this at all, dude? Yeah. Like, and granted, I think there are certainly women that are open to like the booty call, but at the same time, it's like. You know, why the cross-country booty call without any potential of anything? Because you're just going to go back. I can see how women are not exactly lining up if they think you're just going to be gone all the time. And even if it ends up just being a booty call forever, it's like, well, you want a little bit more like, oh, this could be a repeat customer. Yeah. And if it was a repeat customer, like you, you want... I just feel like he doesn't have a bunch to offer, like even no. a booty call. Like what? what's there? Oh, God, like, he was not... like the worst kisser, right, when we first yeah. saw him out. Like I'm sure he is not getting any recommendations or, uh, you know, good reviews from Julie, like as putting it out there. Oh, I, as, I, as I wouldn't expect, I would not expect somebody who's been in prison for his entire adult life yeah. to really have an amazing repertoire in the bedroom. Right? Right. That's not something I would – I would. he's not particularly attractive. He doesn't have a bunch of money. Like, what What am I getting out of this? Yeah. Like, and that I couldn't get from some other dude in the neighborhood. Right? right. And then I felt like he spent a lot of time apologizing to Julie, like, about how he was not a good lover. Good. Yeah. He was just like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm a bad kisser. Oh, I'm sorry. It's like my first time. Like, you know, it's just and I feel like that's probably not helping his case because she probably walked away from that being like, oh, so much regret. Well, I, I imagine, I imagine, I imagine all the other girls that he's talking to are probably in a pretty close, yes. <laughs> probably a pretty small bubble. Yes, I here. would think so too. Um, so yeah, it, it goes with that. But like, I mean, good for finally coming clean, I guess. But man, talk about not sugarcoating things at all. Like very much like this thing happened. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I kind of appreciate that because how are you gonna? I think if you sugarcoat it, it's like really leaving it open to like not being completely honest what happened. Like, right. you know, if you're like, oh, so I met up with Julie and, you know, just things happened. And you're just like, OK, what things? It's like you didn't say the super hurtful thing that's going to make her immediately burst out into tears. But I'm sure that also is like, well, what exactly are you talking right. about? I mean, I, 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 he could have done a little bit of. Listen, like, you know, of of prep work in the intro that is going to sure. be like, this is going to be really bad, right? And it's like – and I guess if you know him well enough, knowing like I have a confession is going to be like, oh, shit, this is going to be bad, right? Yeah. It, of preparing because, you know, it wouldn't it, – it, it's hard to take bad news and it, it, it – and um, but I'm imagining a situation where it's like, you know, if you're just like, honey, where did you leave the uh, dishwasher pods? Also, I slept with another woman. Um, like, it's like, wait, where did God. that come from? What is that? Like, well, the what? other thing, too, though, is like we have to remember. I know it's been a while, but Joy cries quite a lot. So, I mean, I, even yeah. if he sugarcoated well, it, like she'd be crying. No, no, no. There's no way you don't. There's no way anybody doesn't cry when they hear they've been oh, cheated sure, on. Oh, like, sure, sure. There's like there's there's no there's no world for anyone that that doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, I don't know if there is a best case scenario for her reaction that doesn't involve crying. Yeah. Well, they, yes, they all involve crying. I was just like, but he. I, I, but the thing is, is I'm sure I'm mm -hmm. very positive that he's going to be like, 
Whew. That was a load off of me. Fantastic. All right. Now we're moving on. Like, like yeah. He, yeah. All he's concerned about is now he doesn't have a secret. His conscience is clear. Right. He's like, whew. All right. That's all done. And now she's sitting there dealing with the aftermath. And I'm sure – and it is a very common thing when people are cheated on, right? Mm-hmm. That it's like the person who did the cheating has known about the cheating and they've been carrying this burden and they've been you know, holding on to this. Not that it's unfair that they carry the burden. They should have to carry it. But they've been dealing with this and, 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 and reckoning with it for a long time. And yeah. they dump it on somebody else and now they're relieved of the burden, put it on the other person and then very quickly you're like, how are you not over this yet? Right. Right. This was so like, three months ago and you're <laughs> yeah, just like, yeah, exactly. but I'm just finding out about it now. So yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And she's like, well, I understand she's hurt, but it's been like three days. Yeah. I don't understand why she's still so bent out of shape. Is she going to hold us over this for me forever? I can totally hear that. That I can totally like see that coming down the pike. Right. Right. All right. Let's move on to our last couple. Uh, and that's Sarah and Sean. So John <sighs> has just bought Sarah a pink reflective vest and he wants to show her how to drive the tow truck. But Sarah is in pain and she's trying to show Sean that she is still recovering from her tummy tuck. She says she loves him, but she thinks sometimes he can be airheaded and stupid. Sean says that they have invested a lot of money into that. (laughs) Sometimes. All the time, (laughs) right? Uh, The fact that she loves him makes her generous in saying sometimes. (laughs) Uh, Sean says that they have invested a lot of money into this tow truck and he envisions a world where they have two tow trucks so they can make double the money. So he wants Sarah to learn how to drive it. Sarah says she knows nothing about towing except what Sean has told her, which is basically it makes a lot of money. Sarah says that this is the first time she's really worked since she's been released from prison. They successfully hitch up a car and they get into the tow truck and there are alerts and beeping indicating that there's something wrong with the tow truck. They are both anxious about money that it would cost to repair this truck. Sean talks about getting a new truck and Sarah wonders, with what money? Sean says that they can take out a loan, and Sarah tells us that she just doesn't trust Sean's financial decisions. And she's I don't con- think the bank does either. I don't, right. so I don't yeah. think they have to worry about it. Yeah. And she's considered taking him off as an authorized user to her credit cards. Sarah says that there are about fifteen to twenty thousand dollars in credit card debt. Kelly then calls and Sean tries to ignore it real quick, and Sarah asks what she wants, and Sean just doesn't answer. Sarah says nothing annoys her more than when she sees Kelly call. They actually had a pretty good relationship right after the wedding, but she found out that Kelly was manipulating Sarah, so she cut her off. Uh, she cut off their relationship. Sean finally tells Sarah that Kelly asked for money for the kids, and Sarah thinks that Kelly is really the one benefiting from the one thousand dollars they send her every month for the kids. Sean says that the younger ones need braces and some are in college. And Sarah says that his kids are in the army and they have medical insurance, so there's really no reason why Kelly is asking for more money. Sarah says that two tow trucks is more like a five-year plan. So, you know, she doesn't think that they really need to be doing this immediately. Sarah doesn't want to give Kelly any money. Sarah said that she accepted Sean's baggage when they were together and got married. Uh, Sean is feeling guilty because Sarah doesn't know this, but they haven't really been sending money for the kids every month. The money has actually been going towards repairs on the tow truck and Kelly has been getting nothing. All right. So I, I, Sarah doesn't know the entire truth. If Sarah knew the entire truth, what do you think she would do in this situation? 
Uh, like, uh, hmm. she wouldn't be mad at Kelly. Yeah, um, is one one thing. Yeah, which right? I think is shitty for Sean to like be hiding this. I, and I wonder yeah. how much of the Kelly was manipulating me was actually mm-hmm. Sean not communicating what was actually going on. Sure, a, a similar situation, right? Yeah. Only instead of asking Sean for money, she's asking Sarah for money. Right. right? Why are you lying about me not sending money? I send money every month. Don't you manipulate me and tell me I wasn't sending any money? Whereas, sure. like, no, you haven't been sending any money because Sean's a lying idiot. Yeah. Um, and so. Yeah, so I, 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 the the anger is misplaced. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I don't know what you'd actually do about it because at this point they've been together for long enough that have been like, "Yep, that's what Sean does." Yeah, like what did you expect? Like, and so she, I don't think she's gonna. She wouldn't like leave him over mm-hmm. it, right? So I don't know what she'd do besides like pitch a bitch and get more surgeries. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Her tummy tuck looked rough. And I I know it was, it's not specific to her. Like, that's just how tummy oh, tucks that, look. Yeah, that's just how they in look. In recovery. But it also looks like it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Right? Those were those are relatively fresh scars. Now, right. it didn't have, like, the drains in or anything still. But, like, those are relatively fresh scars for a tummy tuck. And you can see she can't even stand up straight yet. Yeah. And Sean, idiot that he is, let's go, like, do some physical work here. Yeah. It's – it's it, and, and – Talk about the idiot stuff that goes on. First of all, he's getting off. They're getting off light with a thousand bucks a month. Yeah, like for he's all got the like kids seven that they kids. have. For all the and, and even if you just say, well, four of them are over eighteen, right? Yeah, forget yeah, about that's pay, paying for college mm-hmm. and stuff. A thousand bucks a month as as fifty per, as you know covering fifty percent of the costs for three kids is still fucking cheap. Yeah, like that is that is a low amount they're getting away with. Um, and so the idea that they would need more than that, if they need more than that, clearly Kelly is buying stuff for herself is not true. Like right. that does not scan. Um, so already getting away easy on it. Has this idea – has been – but but at the end of the day is lying to Sarah about sending money. Mm-hmm. Has been dumping money into this truck. And so just – it is so dumb. Like yeah. the idea of it like wow, we have this tow truck. It's a lemon. It is constant repairs. I've put – what do you say? Twenty thousand dollars into right. this truck, mm-hmm. right? And that's I'm assuming that's after he bought it. He's put twenty thousand yeah. dollars of work into the truck, yeah, or, or was given to him, right? Put twenty thousand dollars worth of work into this truck isn't getting the return on it. But if we get a second truck, we're going to be making what did he say? Fifteen grand a month? Like what is? Come on, ridiculous, right? Like, ridiculous. Like I, I did, I did some, I did some of the. I looked at like, oh, what's the average return rate for a profit margin for a tow truck company, and like, you know, things of that. And the way I figured it is, in order to break, in order to make fifteen grand a month mm-hmm. with the profit margin on a tow truck, you'd have to tow like, I think it was something like seven hundred cars a day. A oh month. my gosh, that's it was like seven hundred cars a month for each of the trucks. It was it, it was like seven car. It was like I I I think it was in the teens to 20s number of cars each truck would have to tow every day 24/7 365. And I'm like you're not doing that, man. Yeah. What, what Well, we should not be trusting Sean's figures anyway, because, I mean, I think we've known for a long time. And even the fact that Sarah has been in charge of the finances, even though she, um, you know, isn't the one who is she hasn't worked at all. Like he cannot be trusted with money. No, he can't be trusted. It's to the point where you're right. She's going to take him off the cards. Yeah. Right. Because he just spends it. It's like, I mean, he's got that chance. It, you know, idiot. 
mindset of like, what's well, you got to spend money to make money. So right. Like, you know, I got to, I got to spend the money. But just the idea that one truck is not covering its own costs. And mm-hmm. that's where they are right now. They have yeah. one tow truck that does not co- make enough money to cover its costs. Why would two trucks, why would the second truck <laughs> make more money oh, to gosh. cover its costs? I don't understand what the, what the thought process is there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, Sarah has a point. Let's make this one profitable yeah. before we start investing it, it, and it sinking money yeah. into the we, second one. That makes sense. Which no is the sense. only way to think of it. It's like if you owned one restaurant that was losing money, you wouldn't be like, well, the only way to save ourselves is to open a second restaurant. <laughs> It's like, no, that doesn't make any sense. You're losing money with one. Yeah. Like, why is the other one making – and if the other one was going to make money, then you close the first one and open the second one. You don't keep the – oh, it's just – it makes no sense on so many levels. No. And it's just that dumb idea of him not being able to think like two moves ahead. No. Right? Event- why does he not realize that eventually Sarah's going to find out he hasn't been sending the money to Kelly? Yeah. Right. I mean, How honestly, I, I feel like Sean is happy about the fact that Sarah and Kelly are Fighting? not. Yeah, that they're not <laughs> having a relationship right now because he can't get in trouble, you know, if the two women are talking to each other. Right. Because they can't find out that I'm lying to both of them. Right. Exactly. If they're not talking to each other about yeah. it. <laughs> right. Like that's, a, that's an ideal situation. But eventually it's going to come out. It's going to it's going to come to the surface. Yeah. I just does he just figure is he just have that manifold, magical manifest feeling like, yeah, but by the time it would come out, this business will have turned around and um, I'll have enough money to have taken care of it. Right. Yeah, like, I don't know. I think know. that's what he thinks. Yeah. Like, it just – I don't know. I don't, I don't know what he's thinking ever because he's I mean, so dumb. quite honestly, he's like a less enthusiastic Chance. You know, Chance is yeah, just yeah, yeah. eager to, you know, sink his money into all these other businesses and Sean – I mean, at least I'll say Sean tries to stick with what he knows. Yes. I mean, we have evidence that he does know cars. Yeah. um, And he does know how to put the car onto the tow truck. Yeah. So that's something. Yeah. All right. Uh, So we have covered all of our couples that were on this episode out of the group that we saw. Who was your student of the week? I mean, I feel like this is a neutral student of the week and that like they were on the show and didn't do any <laughs> offensive, anything offensive. So I'll say Brittany. Like, <laughs> just she was there. She had a good conversation with her loved ones. We heard about some past things and that was it. Yeah. Um, I went with Chevelle. I mean, you know, she had to endure uh, yeah. a lot of drama. I thought she handled it as best as she could. Uh, she yeah, tried to have conversations enough. with people. She tried to protect her daughter. She decided to walk away, um, you know, when people were just misbehaving. So, I mean, what else could you do in that situation? So that's true. Mm-hmm. All right. What about your dunce? I say Sean. Like that was just all kinds of levels of dumb for yeah. many, many reasons. Like and not the least of it. So let's make my wife who's recovering from surgery do manual labor. That's right. what we should do. That's my and then she can drive the truck. Like, yeah. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, I went with Sean, anybody. too, because the, the lying really at the end of mm-hmm. the day, like he just sitting there quietly when I don't even understand when she was like, why is she calling? And he just like doesn't say anything. It's like that's just part of the stupidity of Sean. Right. It's like. Right. Why don't you just tell her the she truth? She just always call and ask for money. Like, because uh, like, uh, like, at this point, if you're Sarah, mm-hmm. wouldn't you that would. At this point, the amount of lies, the amount of things, wouldn't you just be like, 
well, that doesn't make any sense. Why would she ask for more money? We've been sending her all the money we meant to send her. Yeah. Haven't we, Sean? <laughs> Have we been sending her? I, I would immediately go there. Right. right. Like, that doesn't make much sense. Who might be lying to me about this? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the trust for her isn't there for either one of them. For so I think that's them, part sure. of the problem. Yeah. All right. Uh, what about your life lesson? So uh, any argument between adults, um, partners, their families in any way should not in any way involve the children or be done mm-hmm. even in view of the children, let alone like have the children be brought into a woman. What do you think about this? No, that is inappropriate, uncalled for on all circumstances. Yeah. Uh, mine was kind of towards uh, Sylvia as well. Uh, you know, if you're going to show support, you shouldn't be causing a fight. Yeah, that's not supportive. That's no, not supportive it's at all. the opposite yeah. of supportive. So you can't like sit there <laughs> under the guise of support and then yes. ruin everything. I'm going to supportively burn this house to the ground <laughs> to show my support. Like that's not support then. Like, right, yeah. right. Okay, so I uh, we're just getting started. We don't know how long this season is. No, I imagine we – I think I want to say – I want to say I saw something earlier about it, something new starting in like March. Oh, right, So if right, we have like right. yeah, a few more like, you know, uh, maybe five more episodes or so. Yeah, and I was going to say Life After Lockup I always want to say is a little bit longer too because we got so yes. many more couples, so much more material. For sure. Although yeah, I absolutely. do foresee a – before the end of season exit from Chance and Taylor and Joy and Red. Yeah. Like we do know that – I feel like we know that a lot of these people are possibly, definitely broken up. I don't – you know. <laughs> yeah, right. I haven't been claiming that put that much attention on social media. But I think it's it's not going to end well for most of the couples here. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Except for the ones that are married, they seem to – Stick it out a little bit longer. A little bit longer. Yeah, a little yeah, bit longer. Still, still some issues there for sure. Yeah. All right. So we'll be back uh, this time next week. So until then. All right. See everybody then. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye.